Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. This is the Piffles Podcast. That was jo the Johnny McKegg Band with Here We Go. Thank you so much for joining us here on your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. I'm Greg. And we have uh, a fun show to get to this week. Don't oversell it. Okay, well, we have a show to get there to this week. There we go. That's better. Yeah, um, be honest. It's fun because Amy's in the background making cookies. I can smell them. So uh, that's why I'm kind of excited. Also, Steve has a great mustache. You guys should really check out. Steve, post a, a selfie or something on social. You got and, it. Uh, and everybody rate Steve's mustache, please. Can, can we define great Perfect. as in... 12 out of 10 for me. That's a nice mustache. It's a greasy mustache. It is, it is, yeah. That, I mean, it's not on the level of Austin Matthews, but... That's a terrifyingly great mustache. <laughs> Speaking of the socials... You can give us a follow on Twitter, at PifflesPod. You can give me a follow, at RealAlexD. You'll find me at Safamon. Follow me at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook. Check us out there, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check out PifflesPod on Instagram. And, of course, the website, PifflesPodcast.com. PifflesPodcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out on Skip the Dishes. And, of course, happy hour, drink specials, 2 to 5 p.m. every day. We're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Let's jump right in. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> 27-24-game-winning field goal. Brett Lother, Riders beat the Eskimos in Edmonton in what was pretty much a must-win for the Riders if you know they wanted to get first place. Officially clinching a home playoff game. We'll find out this weekend which home game that'll be, the West semifinal or the West final. Going back to that game... Sorry, behind the curtains. I didn't watch the game. Maybe that's a good thing. I watched the seven-minute recap on CFL.ca. I had to go work the Heritage Classic. Woe is me. I had to be in the press box to, to work that. And, go and talk suffered, to every Lime, and, suffered every minute of yeah, it. Yeah, and go meet some of my buddies, one who works for the Jets, one who came in from Winnipeg. Like, uh, you know, it, tough life. It was I terrible. Feel real bad. I mean, you. I didn't get home till like, 12.45. Like, it was, it was rough. Oh, okay. muffin. Long, long, you had a long day. Thank you guys for understanding that. I appreciate it. Um, maybe that's the key, right? Me not watching the game. Riders 12-5. and five. You guys obviously watched the game. Give me your first impressions. God, that was a painful start. 14-0 they got down. It was it was a terrible start. Um, and we, we kind of alluded to this like the last couple weeks. They are really slow starters. But thank God they play 2-3-4 and four better than they play quarter number one because... What, they used every minute of that game they had to. I, it, it never ceased to amaze me how they can go from such a badly, poorly run football team in, in one quarter to basically a well-oiled machine in minutes. I mean, they, they were marching the ball down the field at, at will at points in the last half of that game. That third quarter was about as perfect a quarter as you can ask for. And shout out to Shaq Evans after... Winston likes hitting that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Shaq Evans. We've we've kind of ragged on him the last couple weeks after his best receiver in the league comment. This game, he played like it. 
And but how good does it feel to have an offense that when it's final under two minutes of the game, they're on their six yard line. You're like, yeah, okay, I think we can get we can get the yards we need. At, at no point on that drive was I concerned. Even when they were second and ten twice, I was like, okay, not a big not a big deal. Here we go. Yeah, we got two big play receivers right now in uh, in Moore and Evans who were on fire that game. Powell was his usual self. There was never a, a doubt. That was. It's weird as a Ryder fan. It's really it feels really weird to to feel feel that confident. I mean, yeah, you'd obviously want the team to be winning before a final drive, but that goes to show you that's a championship team right there. Yeah, they're doing it against you know a team that really had nothing to play for in the Edmonton Eskimos. But how many game winning drives has Tom Brady had? How many game winning drives Peyton Manning, right, and Bo Levi Mitchell, like the great quarterbacks that we've seen? Cody Fajardo has what four of them this year. And the minute Edmonton's yep. and the minute Edmonton scored that touchdown to tie the game, I was like, they left too much time on the clock. Riders have enough time to do this, and they took the penalty to go back to the six. And I was like, okay, well that's less than ideal. But I after that though, I wasn't too worried about it. That second and ten to Naaman up the middle, <laughs> that that pass was perfect. Naaman didn't have his head turned. You know, I, I gotta ask if you guys are in Jason Moss's position, you score a game, a, you go down by one with the convert to come with fifty five seconds left. Knowing what the Riders' offense can do in that two-minute drill, do you go for two? I always, yeah, absolutely. You have nothing to play for. Exactly. You're eight and eight, in a, and your playoff position is already locked up. You know you're going to Montreal. Go for two. Why not? Give the yeah. fans something, right? Like your last home game. I guess either, give them something. I guess either way, you're forcing the Riders to kick a field goal, anyways. Even if you do get the two, if you miss though, well, you just then then, then then you're then you're losing. Well, yes, you go for an onside kick, but. I don't know. But what's the difference? What, yeah. What's the if you lose, if you that, lose game, that game anyway? Nothing I guess. Crap happens. Well, yeah. Go for it. Why yeah. not? In a mean nothing game? Absolutely you go for it. Why? Somewhere Derek Taylor is hearing this and smiling because that is his mantra all season long. Go for long. two go every for single two. time. And it's weird to look at it and think that our defense, and we gave up 24 points, 14 nothing in the first quarter, but at no point did I one feel One of like, those wasn't the defense's yeah. fault, though. And you had him the when, when you start the on the one, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to allude to was we had that where... Uh, where we gave him the ball at the one. The third touchdown should have potentially been overturned, a, f- a fumble that we didn't challenge. Uh, overall, our defense played a typical bend-don't-break uh, style of defense, and it was great to watch. And we held Sean White to one field goal. That's a victory in itself. Well, Trevor Harris played in that game, so it's good knowing that the uh, Riders can go up against a formidable starting quarterback. Not have any worries about that at all. Twelve and five, man. When was the last time this team was? It, it felt like last year. It didn't feel like they were twelve and sixteen, even though they were, because it was the defense that carried the team. The last time this team felt like they were twelve and five, and like, damn, that's a good record. Like, this is a good team. When was that? Oh seven. Probably. Yep. Yeah, it's really weird to compare the two the two seasons. Yeah, we were twelve and six, but we felt like we didn't deserve that record. That we we stole a lot of games. This one, I feel like we've let a few get away. That we could be better than twelve and five at this point in the season. Very easily be fourteen and three. Yeah, yeah the, this team it, it's it's amazing what a year makes and what having a competent offense how much it makes you feel um, confident in the team is. You're not worried about anything, and yeah, it does feel like this is an actual winning team. As last year, it just felt like a lucky team. Like I don't, I don't think we had a lot of 
confidence going into the playoffs that we were going to run the table and win three games to, to make a great cap. We may have talked confident, but that was... I don't know. That, that signing of Drew Tate had me all psyched up for the playoffs. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, maybe. Well, Riders have a chance this upcoming week to clinch first place for only the third time in 50 years. 57 years, something like that. 48. And we're not going to talk about those great cups in those years either. No. It's a, I, I said it though, if you if you go back to the beginning of the year and you can guarantee yourself a great cup game knowing you're going to lose it in epic fashion, I still take it. And that's what happened the last two times the Riders yep. finished first in the West. 09 and 76, and we all know what happened those years. The nothing. Punch nothing the happened. gut and the kick to the nuts. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Just, have, just having flashbacks to 09. Oh, I, I, know, I know exactly where I was. I can tell you who I was sitting with. I know. Like, I can like tell you what <laughs> bottles of liquor were on the cabinet. That's how well I remember that moment. I can tell you exactly who I was sitting with. My Amy. Yeah, I was sitting <laughs> with Amy. And who am I sitting with this year? Amy. Oh, God. I'm um, sorry, Rider Nation, we're doomed. Well, he's sitting with us. I'll sit in the middle so you don't actually have to sit beside Steve. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but it's something that the Riders don't happen, like it doesn't happen to them very often, and we have a big chance to do this weekend against Edmonton in the back-to-back game, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview, but it's I'm excited for this game. As long as the snow stops coming down in Regina and it starts warming up a little bit because man it's cold out there I really hope that this uh the crowd's really amped for this game because it's a it's a huge game I'm thinking I saw minus four I can deal with that that's I've seen I've seen as high as plus two let's get to there instead that's way better all I know is I've actually put on a hat and can't do my usual get up because it doesn't work in zero degrees you got the tube don't you yeah, but it's not the same. Uh. <laughs> Opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion Royal LePage. The Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones this week. Zach Kalaros helping the riders. Once a rider, always oh, a rider, right? It looked like 2015 Kalaros on that one play. He looked like Patrick Mahomes. I thought he was throwing that ball away because there was no reason. That he was like, throwing that ball away. <laughs> Darwin Adams just happened to be there. Yes. I don't think no, it was I, I don't uh, disagree with that. Actually, actually, I don't think he was. I think he actually was thrown to that corner. Because if he wanted to throw it away, he could have throw, threw it away long before the end zone. I've, I watched Zach Caleros try and throw footballs away last year. I don't think he could have. <laughs> he was aiming to the third row and ended up in the corner of the end zone? This yep. might have been the first time I could actually remember wanting the Bombers to win a game. And they actually did it. I know. About time, Winnipeg. No, thank see, you. I did not want Winnipeg to win a football game. I did what I always you do. I wanted Calgary, Calgary to lose. What a weird week. Ryder fans were sitting there cheering on the Bombers. Calgary fans were cheering on the Eskimos. That was a messed this up is week. A parallel world. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, so Zach Laros, obviously, he has to start the playoff game for Winnipeg, right? Like he has to. He right? should, but knowing O'Shea, he's got this apparent affinity for Chris Streveler and Steve. You should maybe call up Mike O'Shea and and tell him give him the endorsement. I, I will tell absolutely. Please start Chris Streveler. Please no start Zach Caleros in the semifinal, and 
uh, Chris Dribbler in the final. A semifinal that might even still be played in, in Winnipeg, too. They still have a chance at second place. I want, uh, not going to happen. I want BC to beat Calgary so bad. That's not going to happen. I know. I want it to, but it's not. I know happen. it's not, but imagine if Calgary ends up in third place. Just Dude, Would those fans even know what to do without a home playoff game? No. I don't think so. I th- I'm pretty sure their fans book off the first week of the playoffs, like for holidays, because they're just like, oh, we got a bye week, we might as well just yeah. like, go on vacation because we don't have to worry about our team because they're always in the West Finals. Is it f- they've hosted five of the last six West Finals, something I think it like was. That. Ten of the last like twelve or something. Something stupid. super like that. Well, it was it, awfully not oh nine, but and for a season that, that was so good that we had, or that's so bad at the bottom that we had all six playoff spots clinched several weeks ago. It's weird that. The top three spots are still completely undecided yeah, in the West. We have no idea what's going to yeah. happen in the West yet. But it all kind of hinges on the Riders. And I, I'm happy that their game against Edmonton is the first game of the Saturday triple header. The Friday night game, nobody cares about. It's uh, Montreal and Ottawa in a game where Montreal's gonna be, <laughs> Montreal's going to be resting a bunch of guys, so whatever. But And their, their depth players will still be better. <laughs> but Rider game... Against Edmonton, first one, we'll know right off the bat if we have to really, really cheer for BC to beat Calgary. And we won't have to because the Riders are going to win. We'll talk about that in our predictions coming up. But it's nice knowing that the Riders can kind of go into that final game of the season and just, they control everything. They control everything. Back to Ottawa, uh, uh, Montreal for one second. I think we need should watch that game and need to take a drink every time talks about trying out for next season for Ottawa. Nope. Uh, no, because I'd like to wake up Saturday morning. Thanks. Did you guys see Rodney Smith for the Argos? Jerk. Wow. Did you see... No. You didn't see this. Okay, so let's set the stage. It's Toronto's last home game of the season, and they're obviously not going anywhere, and they announced before the game that all their quarterbacks are going to play, well, except for James Franklin, but he's injured. So, their first... er, McLeod Bethel-Thompson started the game. They bring in their backup, uh, Dakota Prokop. Is it Dakota? No. Dakota Prokop, and uh, he throws a touchdown pass to Rodney Smith. Prokop's first ever CFL touchdown pass. Rodney Smith, what does he do? Chucks the ball out the end zone, out of the stadium, gone. And then he realizes, oh, my bad, that's my quarterback's first ever touchdown pass. Couldn't even get the ball for him. So he, he acknowledged it, and then they had him on the sidelines. He's like, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Right? Yeah. So we're like, oh, come on, man. Like, you're already a chump for that. Did they get the ball? I don't know if they got that ball back. They did get this ball back, though. Later on, when Michael O'Connor, Canadian quarterback, comes in for Toronto, he throws a touchdown pass to, uh, to Rodney Smith. Rodney Smith gets up and, you know, starts kind of running towards the sidelines. Chucks the ball into the stands. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Yeah, into the stands, though. So a fan ended up catching it. The guy's on the sidelines. And then again, he realizes, like, oh, no. And the quarterback ran up to him. O'Connor came up to him and was like, where's the ball? Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so the training staff was uh, yelling at the guy. In the, they went to the back row of the first level or whatever yeah, yeah. at BMO. The guy threw the ball back down. Oh, well, man, if I'm that guy, off. I'm holding out for right? season tickets next year or something. <laughs> yeah. You probably just walk into an Argo game. I don't think they checked. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, Rodney Smith twice, not twice, once, but twice. twice yes. What you think you would learn after the first dick. first time, right? Like know your quarterbacks here, man. Like wow. I know they're backups, but know your teammates. Yeah. Know that that's he's never. Why, thrown why are you throwing a ball out of the stadium to begin with? Because <laughs> you can. If you're gonna do it, throw it to a fan. Make that fan's day. Right. I get it. Excited. They blew out Ottawa. It was thirty nine to nine. Thirty nine to nine or something stupid like that. Oh, 
That made me laugh. I was like, no way. And then he did it again. I was like, no, how can you do that? If I'm that? a quarterback on that team, I'm not throwing him the ball at all this week. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that's what Dwayne Ford said. He goes, if I'm on, if I'm a Toronto receiver, I'm not, or if I'm if I'm one of those quarterbacks, <coughs> I'm not throwing it to Rodney Smith anymore. Nope. nope. I'm not, I'm not even looking at his way. receiver. Yeah. <laughs> um, most outstanding player nominees come out. By the time people listen to this, they'll be out. They're out Wednesday at 10 a.m. Is it just, we'll talk just most outstanding player. Is it going to be Fajardo versus Banks? Yes. Right? Like, those are the two only options, right? I Honestly, I think Burnham's got it. And this was before I read ahead, I swear. I honestly think Burnham's going to get a lot of consideration. He, on a, what, 4 and 14 football team? No. It's most outstanding player. It doesn't matter. Yes, but people vote based on team, I, I, team record, too. I agree. It's he'll get, time he'll and get time the again. team nominee. Yeah, oh, he'll, he'll, oh he'll definitely. He'll definitely, definitely beat O'Reilly for that. Oh, yeah. There's, there's no way. He, I mean, he's had a great season, but I, I have an issue awarding an outstanding player award on a team that, I mean, had nobody else really step up. And that many people, it depends on your, this is where the entire MVP, MOP definitions always get uh, get explained every year. Some people look at it, well, he was the most outstanding player in the league, despite the fact being on a, on a team that big. Imagine if you had... Bo, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell throwing him the ball, how much better he would be. So you can't really hold that against him. So I think I, I would love to be Cody. I would love to see it be Cody. I think it should be Cody, and he's probably going to lose to Banks. But I think it's I I think Burnham's going to probably get more votes than people think they will. It I takes think a, get some. It takes a lot for a receiver to beat out a quarterback. Yep, for oh, I agree. Most oh, I agree. I agree. When you look at what was it? S. J. Green had that, or Jamal Richardson. Had almost a 2,000-yard season. He didn't get the nod for his team. He went to Anthony Calvillo. And you could argue that Jay Rich was much better that year than Calvillo. Just I, in terms of you've never you've seen quarterbacks throw for 5,000 yards and 6,000 yards before. A receiver getting 2,000, almost 2,000 yards, that's almost unheard of. That's only happened a couple times. Oh, I, like, and I, I agree. Mean, that, 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 that's, Jay Rich should have gotten that nominee, but and, he didn't because it goes to the quarterback. Well, and, that, and that's the hard, hardest part about picking a player, especially on offense, is because your quarterback gets the ball every goddamn play. And so he has more of, an, more of a chance to make those plays. And, of course, if, if a receiver has 2,000 yards, of course the quarterback's going to have four or 5,000 yards because he's obviously distributing the ball well. My, my issue with voting Burnham over, even over Fajardo, is Burnham's not even leading the league in receiving. And he's not outrunning the rest of the, uh, of the division. He's not far enough ahead to, to look at him and go, yep, he's the clear number one. There are several receivers in the West that pair up with him. He's got the best hands in the league by far. And he is the best receiver in the league. There's no real question about it right now. But numbers-wise, they're not really exceptional. And I think when you factor in Fajardo's, was it 615 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns on top of leading the league in passing, I think that puts him over the edge. What about Andrew Harris? Nope. Oh, I, I, You're I, totally against that. Not a chance. I, I, you know I, he's going to get the vote for Winnipeg. I, I don't I, think he does. I, actually, honestly... He's standing player? Do you think nope. they give it to Willie Jefferson? I think so. I don't, uh, think, I I don't think they give it to him. I, I, I want to see Winnipeg actually nominate Andrew Harris for everything, including defensive player. <laughs> Just basically give a giant middle finger to everybody. They won't do it, but it'd be amazing if they did. I'd actually tip my hat to Winnipeg <clears> if they pulled that off. But honestly... I, I've been on the record before. I don't think he should even get the Canadian nom for Winnipeg. 
No, well, he should absolutely get that. Then, then he shouldn't be the Canadian nominee of the West. If he is, it's going to cause a giant gong show. A guy that's suspended for steroid use, intentional or otherwise, should not be a an award recipient because he, as a West nominee, you get an award. That should not go down in history as something to celebrate. It's the, well, it is the year of the Astros. You're not wrong there. <laughs> well, we'll find out on Wednesday exactly who gets nominated from each of the teams. The uh, the final, you know, the finalists aren't going to be announced until you know a couple weeks or into the playoffs. So I guess we'll officially find out then. But really, I think it's Brandon Banks is to lose, and I don't see him losing. Fajardo is almost out of the West by default. I think just with all the injuries to quarterbacks and just well, it's it's an Eastern how, bias. <laughs> the Eastern that, is, bias. that is a thing. Uh, quick though, quick though, before we move on, if I'm assuming we're moving on, um, who yes. do you think our defensive our defensive player is going to be? It's going to be Charleston Hughes. I agree. Canadian, I think it's going to be Cam Judge, and special teamer. Special. The end of the season should get the special Lucia's teams award. Purifoy? Yeah, like it's Alexander yeah, Gagne who has, has leads been, the has, team in special teams. Has tackles? been a great like, year for our special teams. Amazingly, John Ryan. Is, I mean, John Ryan's nice got as, a lot of singles. As nice as the average is, that's not what we're looking for. He's not pinning teams where he wants to be, and he'll be the first to admit that. He's getting better. At least he, he's getting better. He has though. been getting better. Yes, Brett Lother. He's been as clutch as he is, as clutch as he is because he's kicked what three game-winning field goals this year, whatever it is. Yeah. He's still just kind of been average. He hasn't been that superstar like we saw last year. I still trust him every time he goes out there. He goes out there for a 55-yarder. I have no doubt in my mind he's going to make it every single time. No. Or at least in 30 to 40, I always go, I don't know about that. He just he just seems to miss those yes. this year. I don't get it. No. I mean, luckily, other than the, uh, the game against Calgary a couple weeks ago, it hasn't really cost the team anything. I won't hold that against him, but he just it hasn't really been outstanding. Like He'll probably get it, I guess. You'll probably get the nod by default, because who else are you going to get? But I'm confident that the Western nominee for most outstanding special teams player will not be coming out of Saskatchewan. Probably Sean White. Probably. Anyway, we'll find out on Wednesday exactly what the nominees are, and we can uh, debate that next week, who's going to uh, represent the West versus the East and do some predictions on that. But we got to move on. It is time for the CFL Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week presented by Underdog's Memorabilia. I'm hoping I'm giving Steve enough time to actually look this up this week, and you're cute. I came up. prepared. Look at that. He did his homework this week. What? Steve? And take it away. Or did you want to say something crass to me before? No. Oh, no. you can. No. Okay. Okay. I appreciate the lead up time. That was very kind of yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, great I job. I was really trying to stretch that out. I'm a radio guy, so I know how to, like. I got to be nice to you right now because I'm about to be nice to Greg. What? 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 No. Did I? Yeah, you did. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't laughed this hard at a tweet in at least 48 hours. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I did. This is news. This is literally news to me. I have uh, no idea what the which one it was. It was yesterday. Oh, nice. Finally decided on a Halloween costume. Ah, there you go. I'm going as the Red Blacks offense. Basically, I just don't have to show up. I, I like that. That was a, a solid uh, solid shot. Thank you. You get bonus points this year if you take a shot at Ottawa, I yeah. think. Oh, it's so easy, though. I can't believe we lost. If we would have won that game, we, we'd just be cruising to like Western Final. Oh, yeah. I think they needed to lose that game to set their to get their heads into it and realize we're not unbeatable. But this was like game three. Yeah, that, that was game two. That yeah. was yeah. that was Cody Fajardo's yeah. first start. And yeah. It was his kind of, kind of coming out party, mm. and uh, it was the defense that was the big letdown that game. With, with the Riders having their huge history of 
crapping the bed against backup quarterbacks. They were playing against an entire team made up of backup quarterbacks. That was bound to happen. But kudos, Greg. Thank you. The, the, I, don't the tweet I don't even think it's my best tweet this week. Yeah. Eh. That's a really low bar. I know. Um, so, before we get to our uh, guest here on the Tallgrass Apparel enemy preview, it came up on my Facebook mention, or my m- memories. October 29th, and that's the day that we're recording this. October 29th, 2016, three years ago, the final game at Taylor Field. Now let me pull the curtains behind just a little bit here. I work for, I produce the Green Zone with Jamie Nye. And we had a chance to play the his essay. And, that was really good. Um, it just, listening to that again today, it just like showed up in my, in my Facebook memories. And I listened to it four and a half minutes. And I try to not give one station more plug than another on, on the Piffles podcast here. Because I don't want to show any bias. I want it to be a fairly, you know, even show, I guess. Because mm-hmm. we give DT love here, friend of the show as well, too, right? We give DT more our... love than Nye, because Nye's a jerk. <laughs> uh, can confirm. Yeah, so he gets... Can yeah, he doesn't even listen, so I can say this all about him all I want. <laughs> um, but his essay, his little farewell to Taylor Field, is absolutely phenomenal, and listening to it again, I got tears. Again, today, I'd like to call myself a grown man sometimes, and today there was a grown man crying. You're not a, you're, you're not a man, you're not 40. Not yet. Mike but, Gundy was probably crying watching that. That is true. He's allowed to. Um, yeah, no, I remember first time I heard that essay by Nye, and it gave me goosebumps. Uh, it I, takes you back. Um, no, this was, I'm talking about the original time I heard it, yeah, back in but, 2016. But it takes you back to every one of the games as a kid, and that is what that is where we learn to love football, mm-hmm. old Taylor Field. And hate it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't really hate football. I hated myself for being a Ryder fan. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Oh man, why do we keep doing this to <laughs> ourselves? That's called the nineties, ladies and gentlemen. But that—that that, I mean, that's where we all grew up watching, and, and fans older than us too. They grew up watching Ronnie and George, and then you know another generation of watching the eighties team for some reason. It was really bad. Joe seven forty seven Adams and. <laughs> You know, and then you get to the to the late '80s, early '90s, and the Ken Austin uh, era there, I guess, and, and you know the '89 Grey Cup, and and we all suffered through the '90s, and, and Reggie Slack got and Elon Green, Grey Cup and... with Reggie Slack, and then the Roy Shivers era, and that kind of turned the franchise around, and then Eric Tillman helped bring it over the top, 2007 Grey Cup, and you know that helped get this team to where they are now. Into a legitimate contender that, all the time. That 2007 turned this team from the perennial, the Riders are my second team, to here comes the green machine, essentially. Because th- they put the league on notice. Yep. We, we were the lovable losers. We were the, still are kind of, technically, with all of our great cops. Really only had two bad years. Yeah. But, yeah, the Riders were always the, the, the guys that tried really hard. They were the Cubs, essentially. <laughs> Uh, of the so even the Cubs won once, yeah, so, so. it's only fitting that the Riders got to win as well. <laughs> um, but uh, I just want to throw this out at you guys, and I didn't put this in the lineup because it just dawned on me after. Outside of the 2013 Great Cup, because that memory will be etched in my mind forever, and celebrating a home Great Cup win with all our season ticket friends and 40,000 of Rider Nation and like two Tie Cats fans. Um, that that is the all time moment of Taylor Field for me. What is your favorite memory of Taylor Field? Thunderbolt, two thousand seven. Yep, that was one of the the greatest experiences. Just that the way that crowd came out after the uh, 
after the lights came back on and there was a third the crowd size making three times the noise they were making before that. That, that was uh that was the beginning. That was when you knew 2007 was going to be a good year. Yeah. And we that that was it for me. And then yeah, like there's there's those moments, but then but I think of the times I went there with friends and family and I'll never forget the one time me and my buddies and I think it was the 2007 se- season as well. Last minute I was in town. Oh, it was 2008. It was pipe planning. Because I was in town for, from work because I was on the road. Got tickets last minute against Hamilton. And this woman with her family was sitting in front of us. And she goes, guys, I know you're here to have a few drinks and have some fun. But if you mind keeping the language to a minimum with for, for my kids' sake. Yeah. The entire game, we did not curse. We said balderdash, poppycock. John, we, we went all out. And she's laughed the entire game. Thank us after. You guys, you guys are awesome. Gave us 20 bucks to buy more beer. Because like that's probably what you needed at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, but yeah, stuff like that. Just just the memories there is just what I take away from it. I was home. Yeah. That was home for us, right? Like that was. What's your favorite uh, rider memory? Or it doesn't even have to be a rider memory. It could be a, a high school football memory. Tell the, us. Blue, the Blue Jays at the Blue Jays. I made my one and only high school tackle it. You played uh, high school football? I, I, I was a backup to the backups backup. But I got to go on for like a series once and I kind of fell into a guy and pushed him out of bounds. Nice. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I, I, was, like, I, was like, you. I was like five foot five back in high school. You know, I was I was like tiny and lanky. Now I'm just tall and lanky. Taller. Still short. <laughs> I bet you still look bigger than Michael Ball does in his University of Regina Rams <laughs> picture. <laughs> picture <laughs> ever. We were actually joking about this. Uh, me and a buddy of mine were talking, and, and we were just like, you know what's one of our favorite memories of, great, of uh, old Taylor Field? Yelling out ballsy sucks. Right? Yeah, it is. Well, Every time he walks by, yeah. I still want to do it. But that, was the, the, that was when the wolf had the hot tub parties yeah. there, yeah. and just section 28. We were in section 27, yep. so we were right there, and everybody chanting out ballsy sucks, and... And it was it's, it's true though he does suck. <laughs> you know, with, without with no Wally, no Hank, no Ballsy sucks. There's no good chance anymore. You never get the whole stadium. The only thing that you get the whole stadium going on is the goddamn wave. That's it. Or my dead body. Minus, minus two well, for sure. Well, three. Okay. Well, the only time I do the wave is if my kid's there, and that's because he guilts me. Oh, anymore. even though I won't do it. Nope. You're a better parent than Steve. I know I am. <laughs> I'm a better parent than Steve. <laughs> Case in point, when Steve takes his kid to the game and it's raining and he doesn't have a rain jacket. We have a rain jacket for Dylan, so... It was great. Yeah. <laughs> He's really comfortable that game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but anyway, tell us, what's your favorite mosaic... Wow. Wow. That might be the first time I almost actually called it that. What's your favorite Taylor Field memory? Tell us on Twitter, at Pod, Facebook as well. Let us know what your favorite... Taylor Field memory is. But we have one more thing to get to this week, and it is this week's Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. The Riders are facing Edmonton in the final game of the regular season, and if they win, first place is all theirs. Joining us to talk about the game is Edmonton Eskimos color analyst from 630 Ched, Dave Campbell. Dave, how are you? I'm great, guys, and nice to be back on uh, on the Pistols pod. It's been far too long as far as I'm concerned, but you know, you, you have Andrew on a lot, and uh, I think that's a good choice, too. We well, kind of have to blame the, the CFL schedule, too. They put us wait at the end of the season. Isn't that weird? Isn't that, like, I saw that, I saw that, of course, we all saw it last uh, December when uh, the schedule was uh, was released, and I'm looking for Saskatchewan, and I'm going back-to-back back at the end of the year? That's, come on! I mean, for one, 
can I ever see Saskatchewan or Regina in the summer again? Like, we haven't been there for a regular season game since 2012. And then and then I thought, okay, well, maybe this game, you know, these two, two games might mean something. And they mean a lot more to the Riders than they do to the Eskimos in the standings, obviously. So it's kind of a weird schedule, but uh, always good to go back to Regina, for sure. So let, let's talk about this game here. The Edmonton Eskimos obviously are going to be resting some players. Came out that uh, uh, Trevor Harris probably won't be playing this game. Is this the right thing for the Eskimos to be doing in the final week of the season? Well, I think that's the uh, that's the great debate, isn't it? And I saw Luke Bollander uh, tweet earlier today that uh, um, it's the wrong move by Jason Moss, and this should basically—I think I'm just paraphrasing here—but I believe he said this should basically be the end for Jason Moss. And, it might be the end of Jason Moss for other reasons than this, but uh, you know, I, I think it, it's it, it's you know, I'm thinking back to how I felt when the uh, right after the game on Saturday here in Edmonton, when the Eskimos lost 27-24. My feeling was, you dress a similar lineup, you start Trevor Harris, and you go right at him again, even though you know it's 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 a game that's meaningless in the standings, but you go at him again, you know, from a rivalry point of view and from the fact that. You know, you, you lost a close game and you, you hung with a very good team and, and a team that could very well finish first in the West and could very well win a great cup. And then you kind of back off a little bit and go, well, okay, does Trevor Harris really need to play this game? Um, and I think the answer is he could probably use some time off, uh, extra time off. And he said, you know, I didn't really feel myself until about the fourth quarter. So, you know, I, I think... Um, I think it's it's just a it's just a case of you know we he, he doesn't have to play he needs to play on November the tenth so I would have been I, I think maybe the, the, the best scenario would have been have him play a quarter have him play a half and then give the ball to Logan Kilgore and let him finish the rest of the way but um, Jason Moss said it today at practice which is uh, which is uh, Tuesday that was day one that you know we're, we're afforded this opportunity to to to, to do this and to rest uh, uh, some players and. Um, Trevor Harris is at the top of the list. Uh, we can't finish first, second, third. We're now with a crossover team. We can't move up or down. So um, I, I think that's uh, the air of you know air on the side of caution. And um, you know if if this game met you know second place or first place or playoff spot or whatever, then I think you go with everybody. But um, it, it, it's an interesting debate. I don't know if I'm totally comfortable with it. I understand it. Um, I just think Trevor Harris probably needs some reps, but maybe he needs some rest too. So, but one thing he is doing this week is he is practicing a lot. He is throwing a lot. And it sounds like the the the, the shackles or the the pitch count that he was on uh, last week is sounds like that's kind of coming off here. So there's going to be no limits or no restrictions for Trevor Harris. He can just go and throw. So, um, so it's. Uh, I think among Eskimo fans, it's kind of mixed. It's like, well, I like to see him play. we got to be ready for Montreal. He's semi, and then some are like, well, he doesn't need to play. Uh, also another big uh, Edmonton uh, weapon is C.J. Gable. He has been uh, has been uh, uh, going at all the last couple of weeks. Is he going to be ready for playoffs, or is it uh, premature to make that decision? This is a big debate among Eskimo fans, and I think it's a debate among the Eskimo coaching staff right now, is do you go with C.J. Gable? Or do you go with Shaq Cooper? I think both options are good options, but you definitely get something out of Shaq Cooper that you don't get from C.J. Gable. Where C.J. Gable, and he's you know he's three yards away from a thousand yards, and it's too bad he's not going to get it this year because overall he's had a good year. C.J. Gable needs a lot of carries. 
You know, he, he's over 200 carries this year. His average is just under five yards. And he is someone that definitely can rip off big runs, but he needs a lot of carries. So and my example is Shaq Cooper. You know, he, he could probably get seven carries and get about, you know, 70 yards, right? Or, or 65 yards, something like that. Where C.J. Gable probably needs, you know, upwards of of 10 to 12 to 14 carries to get that kind of number. So um, <laughs> Jason Moss used a great line a couple weeks ago before, I believe it was for the, the, the BC Lions game. That was the first day, that was the first time we saw Shaq Cooper, or the second time this season we, shot, we saw Shaq Cooper. And he said, the thing that Shaq Cooper doesn't have to do very, very much is, is he doesn't have to go through traffic. He doesn't have to... Uh, you know, initiate contact where C.J. Gable he gained six yards, but there's a cloud of dust around him, right? So he's someone that initiates the contact, and he, he's kind of that bruising back. So um, I think Shaq Cooper is really giving the coaching staff something to think about. And a question I get asked a lot from Eskimo fans is, why can't they get both on the roster? Well, it's kind of hard because Shaq Cooper doesn't really play any special teams. He doesn't return. Now, I'm wondering with the injury to Kristen Jones, he's out for the year with the left knee injury sustained last Saturday against the Riders. Does that press or the coaching staff to think about putting Shaq Cooper on as a returner? I don't know. Um, Marquise Jackson is on the roster, but he's uh, on the injury list. He's not ready to return yet. So now you're down to two defensive backs in Taekwon Glass and Brian Walker, who have limited experience in the kick return game. And it, you know, it, it's not as explosive, not any, anywhere near explosive. It's not explosive. It's just pretty much catch the ball, don't turn it over kind of thing. So could Chad Cooper handle that kind of role? Um, I don't know if we're going to see two running backs on the roster. Right now, I would give the edge to Cooper because I think he's a tad more dangerous. But, you know, it's a hard one because C.J. Gable is such a good blocker, too, and that's really important um, at this time of the year, too. But Chad Cooper, man, it's hard to take him on the lineup. He is so dynamic. He catches the ball really well out of the backfield, and he just gives you, you know, more of a dynamic element than C.J. Gable. I hate to say it because I love C.J. Gable. I love how he plays, but, you know, Shaq Cooper can get you yards quick where C.J. Gable, he can get you yards, but, man, you got to work a lot for, for that. He needs a lot of carries. So, so looking back at the season as a whole for the Eskimos, they're they're one in I believe it's one in nine against playoff teams, and that one win yeah. was a late uh, late win over Montreal in Week One. Is there a concern over uh, over that kind of record as we head huge. towards the playoffs? Huge, <laughs> huge concern, big time. I don't even know if you can count that one because Montreal was zero and zero. You know that was the first game of the season, and I remember that game uh, for, for three quarters. The outlets were dreadful. They had Antonio Pittman at quarterback. Uh, Eskimos were moving the ball at will. Trevor Harris looked great in his debut, and the defense looked great in uh, in the debut under new D coordinator uh, Philip Wally. And then Pittman gets hurt, and here comes Vernon Adams, and it's just magic. Just you know, big play VA comes out and just just starts making big time plays. And then we see him uh, later on in Montreal. And, you know, we, we feel uh, the, kind of the same things. I mean, this, this is a good player. I mean, I noticed uh, the, the stats this week that, that Vernon Adams is leading the league in both uh, attempts and completions of 20-yard passing plays. But the Eskimos, you know, I think the, the game against the Riders just kind of sums up what they are against and who they are against, against good teams. They can hang with good teams. They can play with them. They outplay the Riders through 
uh, uh, two quarters of football. The first half, third quarter was not very good. The fourth quarter, they were very even. They almost won that football game. But this is a team that cannot make the plays and cannot make those uh, those critical plays to put them over the top. And in fact, you know, you look at that third quarter. I mean, when when they're bad, they're they're spectacular at it, and they can't seem to recover. Now, I'll give the Eskimos credit; they they fought back and tied the football game and put the Riders on their own six yard line. And you would think, okay, it's their advantage. We might be going to overtime here. The Eskimos get the ball back and they kick the winning field goal. So they're close, but they're not good enough at this point, uh, and it's perplexing uh, because they do some good things. I mean, even the the, the three losses to Calgary, the first game. They were very close. It came down to the final play in early August. And even in the Labor Day game, when they lost 25-9, they had a chance to get back in that football game in the third quarter, and they missed an opportunity. And in the rematch game, Harris gets hurt, and they're never really close in that football game. And even there's a game in Hamilton where they got, you know, it's kind of a blowout, uh, you know, 20-plus point loss, but it was a 13-point deficit in the start of the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, this is a team that can beat the team they, they should beat, but they can't beat the teams they need to beat. That's a real concern heading into the East semifinal. Now, you reported earlier on Tuesday that Anthony Parker was back practicing for the first time this season. Is there a chance that you see him in the in the East semifinal in, in Montreal? Yeah, that's uh, kind of a question I was debating uh, with myself earlier today, and uh, he didn't take very many reps. He took some reps with the, the second team, and... Uh, he, uh, he looked good. You know, that that was a guy that I think had a big role with this team, or that was the vision of this Eskimo team at the start of the year, is that, you know, a, vet, a good Canadian receiver that can come in and they can kind of slow the development of Tavon Smith. You slide uh, Parker in with Matea Jay as your two Canadian receivers, and, and voila, maybe there's an opportunity you could play three. But uh, uh, really, Parker was in the plans, and then here he is, June 1st in, in Winnipeg in the first quarter, I believe, in the preseason. And he goes to run a pattern, and then he just falls down, you know, with this, this terrible Achilles injury that we have seen over the last uh, four or five years. So um, it, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting development, I think. And it's I don't think it's a huge story, but it's definitely something to watch uh, down uh, down the road here, I guess next week as they prepare. So, But the fact that he's back after – rupturing his Achilles back on June 1st, it's pretty remarkable. Modern medicine is pretty is pretty amazing. Well, Dave, it should be a pretty interesting game this upcoming week against the Riders. We'll see what happens. And, uh, Dave, thanks uh, so much for joining us here on the Pivots Podcast. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Look forward to it again. There's Dave Campbell of 630 Ched here on the Pivots Podcast for the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview. Let's get to our pick here before we do take off this week. Montreal at Ottawa on Friday night in the Who Cares game of the week. Is Well, there's two Who Cares games of the week. In the first Who Cares game of the week. Montreal's resting a whole bunch of guys, too. Uh, I think Montreal scrubs are still better than Ottawa. i, I got to try and get one back. I, I'm going to go Ottawa. You guys are still the, keeping, the bane of my existence. Keep a track, hey? Um, Montreal, just because Ottawa's just that bad. Edmonton and the Riders. I cannot wait for that final whistle. Because I think that stadium is going to explode. And if anyone leaves early, if the Riders are winning, so help me God. I, I got post-game passes. I can't wait to get on the field and celebrate the first West Final at uh, at Mosaic. Which is cool, because it's uh, 13th Man Appreciation Night, and uh, the players are going to come back on the field after the game once they do their media and go change out a locker room and everything. They're going to come back on the field, and uh, season ticket holders are invited on the field, which is pretty cool. Oh, you mean I didn't need the... 
passes that I bought through the Rider Rewards? No. Nope. Oh. Sucker. They sent an email out. Yeah. I don't read my emails from them. Yeah, it's usually no. asking for money. I don't, <laughs> I don't have That is money. true. <laughs> That's pretty much all emails. Uh, riders, they have to win. First place on the line. And you're going against backups? There's, if they don't win, there's a big problem. Well, no, the, it's typical rider football to let the foot off the gas when they think they got a game in hand. But this team, I, this team has shown they don't do that. So. I don't think Craig Dickinson is that kind of coach. No. He's kind of that quiet assassin type guy to me, and I, I don't see that happening. How long do you leave Cody in, though? The entire game. As long as your lead is... If, if you get a three-score lead going into the fourth, maybe then. But once it gets back down to two scores, he goes right back in. Yeah, until the game's out of, out of doubt. You you keep Cody Fajardo in there. And Riders win by 10. 10 plus. Back to my double-digit predictions. Argos at Hamilton. Who cares? I think Hamilton right. scrubs are still better than Toronto. <laughs> I think Toronto wins. Just because. They're still playing for something. They're playing for jobs. Hamilton, they're playing for let's not get hurt before our bye week. Actually, I'm going to go with Toronto, too. You, you sold me. Nope, Hamilton. They were, they really want that fifteen and three. That might be the quietest fifteen and three season. Not if you're paying ever. attention to Hamilton Twitter, they will shove it down your throats. No, because <laughs> they feel like they're just everyone's talking about the riders and the stamps, and and they're feeling all jilted in the east, and that's that seems to be damn eastern bias. <laughs> you catch some heat for that one. Good. <laughs> we'll catch heat for this one too. Ottawa sucks. <laughs> Tell me I, I'm wrong. I think they'll all agree with you. I don't <laughs> think there's a fan <laughs> there's left on that bandwagon to support them. And if they do, they have me blocked, so I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> um, and finally, Calgary at BC. Calgary actually needs to win this game. Whether the Riders win, you know, six hours early yeah, or no, not. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. They yeah. need to win this for a home playoff game. Otherwise, if they lose this one, they finish in third. That's amazing to me. I, I, I want to see... BC needs this victory. They need something going into the offseason. They're not going to get it, though. Yeah, no, Calgary, they need to win, and they ain't, they ain't losing this one. No, I agree. Calgary's going to win. Calgary with a non-Grey Cup need to win. All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. We have one more week of the regular season, and then we're on to the playoffs. We might have playoffs. a bye week next week. This is great. What are we going to do about a bye week? Uh, we should take a bye week. Laugh at the Stampeders because they're playing uh, Winnipeg? I hope so. Let's do that a lot. If that happens, we'll come on the show and we'll just literally just laugh at the stamps all hour long. Anyway, that's it for the Piffles Podcast this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can follow me at Real, Real Alex D. I'm at Safamod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and the website Piffles Podcast as well. Pifflespodcast.com as well. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And special thanks as well go to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Before we go, I gotta say one more thing. Uh, one final thank you for all the Jesus Sprinkles shirts that were sold for charity. We will have a final tally coming up, hopefully next week. And uh, we'll make a, a big deal out about that. I'm going to print up a gigantic novelty check. For that, amount, I hope for, we... for that amount of money, we should. I Guys, I cannot believe how much we sold. Like, we, we, we undersold we it when we said when we thought we knew how much. Yeah, so we'll... Uh, we'll we won't <laughs> Remember when we got now, 50 we'll... shirts and we're excited? Yeah. Yeah. Well, far exceeded that. And yeah. Props to Ryder fans, CFL fans, because there was even... There was a red one. Oh, that guy's gonna look. He's gonna he's look. Gonna he's look definitely looking like a Hyde's bottle. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, but we'll talk about that next week as well. Pivots Podcast, of course, is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. This is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. The ghost behind your mind. Oh,